This is Podco Media Networks. It's the Demystifying Data Podcast with Chris Clegg, where we deconstruct the tools and techniques marketers need to make data more actionable. Here's Chris. Hello, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. This is the first episode of the Demystifying Data Podcast, which I'm extremely excited to bring to you. And uh, there's a lot of great things we're going to talk about. We've got a really cool editorial calendar planned out, a great list of guests, and uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to stick to a 15-minute or so format so that there's little chunks. It's uh, consumable. And uh, we're also going to try to mix it up a little bit. It's, the focus is going to be on data. The focus is going to be on how marketers use data and the, the practice of market research. I do all of my work pretty much all of my work in Marcom and experiential marketing evaluation. So we're doing a lot of advertising and brand development uh, strategy work. We're looking at consumer segments and message testing. And then we're doing a whole bunch of work with experiential marketing agencies to evaluate the performance of their programs. Look at the reach, the impact, and the ROI. And so uh, that's going to be the bias of, of what we talk about. And it's going to be the bias of the kind of people that we reach. But in that, and, and in that context, you know, we're, we're running a business, we're running, there's all the things that are happening with, with data, technology, and, and we're kind of excited to, to share our bent on that. But it, it's been recommended that things start off with a little bit more of an introduction on me and my background. And, you know, I'm always happy to talk about myself. So let me take a little bit of time to do that. Um, I, I'm a sociologist by training. Uh, through studies in sociology and social theory, I got into statistics for the research component of that world. And uh, with statistics and survey research and qualitative research designs, um, I was able to start to understand and, and practice the, uh, the schooling that I went through. Um, I've always been on the agency side, been doing it for just coming up on 20 years now, and always in market research. And I, and, and I love working for agencies because you have the chance to experience such a wide variety of brands, such a wide variety of business models and, and different industries and, and consumer groups. And, you know, all of that work and all of that stuff started way back um, when I was young. And uh, my family used to vacation in Minnesota, and we were up there one evening, and we were with some family friends, and there had been a fair bit of drinking going on, and we were playing cards. And you know, the I, I, I remember putting a two down on the board or on the table, and I remember it as, as if it was happening right now. And uh, one of the gentlemen that was there said, Christopher, show me a two. And I pointed to the two on the card and he said, no, 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 that's just a representation. Show me a two, show me an actual two. And it, and it kind of connected in that moment that numbers were abstract. Numbers were figments of our imagination. They were things that we used to make sense of the universe. But I was fascinated with the idea that even though they're these abstract figments of our imagination, they follow rules. They follow rules of science. Statistics and mathematics are really the rules of numbers. And if something was completely up to our imagination, but at the same time had very strict rules, that seemed incredibly powerful to me. And as I kind of stored that away and then went on and studied the things I ended up studying and then started to discover the world of statistics and how that happened, and then just by the the um, generosity of some mentors and 
and a little bit of hard work on myself, on my side, the, the idea of statistics kind of clicked and I started to understand data and, and then applied it in the context of that, that unlimited power that comes from, that comes from understanding that data and numbers are, are completely under our control, but yet move in this very predictable ways. That was fascinating for me. And, and from that came a career, came a trade in research. And then as sociologists who understand statistics in a commercial setting as a marketer. Uh, and, and so marketing became my bread and butter in understanding and dissecting marketing. There is a part of a movie that I saw once, and the movie was called Pi, and it was about a mathematician that went crazy trying to uh, understand and deal with the, uh, the the phenomena of pi as a number. And, um, and in that, there was a point in that movie where he talked about this idea, and that also um, sticks with me when I think about kind of the major epiphanies that led to the, the work I do now. And and what he talked about was the fact that you can predict the future and, and that you can understand what's going to happen in the future when you accept some basic principles. And the first principle uh, was the idea that anything in the known universe can be counted. You simply need to define it or operationalize it in a way that's measurable. And so the, the, the example that I give in talks is this idea of something maybe as abstract as love. Like something as abstract as love couldn't possibly be measured. Um, but yes, it can. It can absolutely be measured. The way you measure love is you define it in a way that can be observed and can be counted. So let's say for our purposes here that we define love as the number of seconds a couple holds hands as they walk through the park each morning on their commute to work. And so anytime I, I see that couple and I see them holding hands and I see them walking through the park, I can count the number of seconds that they're holding hands and I can put that down on a piece of paper as a rough estimate of, of love. Now, there's a lot of yeah buts, there's a lot of things about that that you could question, but for, as a starting point, and for the purposes of our conversation here, we can lay that down as one possible measurement um, among what is likely many, many others. So the first principle is anything could be counted if you operationalize it. The second point that that was brought up in that movie was this idea that um, anything that can be counted can be graphed, you simply need to add the element of time. So if we take our same couple and we have the uh, number of seconds that they hold hands in the park as our rough measure of love or indicator of their relationship, and we do that every day over a two or three week period, um, we could start to chart the ebb and flow of their relationship um, over time. And we can look at how seconds change day to day. And maybe certain days of the week, things are different. Maybe uh, they're getting tired towards the end of the week and they're starting to uh, ignore each other a little bit. Or maybe the, uh, maybe the end of the week is when things get a little more amorous and they're, they're more likely to be holding hands. But either way, we can start to get a sense of how that relationship looks on paper by charting those seconds over time. So anything can be charted or graphed. The third point that was brought up that I thought was brilliant was this idea that if you can graph it, you can uh, predict it. Uh, because graphs, any graph of human behavior is uh, going to have patterns. And, and uh, you simply need to look to see how that pattern is evolving and projected over time. And we know that human behavior is going to have patterns and is going to be predictable because the alternative to predictability is chaos. 
And as humans, we're social animals. We follow trends. There are common threads that bind us. Those of us that act chaotically are institutionalized. And therefore, it's just really a matter of identifying and, and, and operationalizing those patterns. And we do that through charts. We do that through uh, looking at these phenomena over time. And then there's statistical techniques to help us understand the confidence of those trends, to help us understand if we look at those trends in a forward-looking manner about how, uh, how accurate they may or may not be based on, on uh, historical averages. We know the best predictor of the future is the past. If every day Johnny came into the office at 8.32 a.m. and, somebody, and it was, it was 8.15 and someone asked me, uh, what time is Johnny going to be coming into the office? If I said 8.32 uh, I would probably be right more often than not. And so uh, we, we understand the future by uh, identifying the patterns of the past. And so uh, that chart of this couple holding hands through the park, charted over time, can start to give us a sense of what their future relationship might be. Now, there are intervening variables. There are things that change that. There are things that affect it. But within the microcosm that we're working here, that line of thinking... Uh, allows us to start to deconstruct how to predict the future. And uh, the fact that that's done with data and that's done with numbers and that numbers follow these predictable rules defined by mathematics and statistics, um, I find that fascinating. I find that absolutely an amazing uh, resource from which to understand the world. And as a trade that is marketable and as a, a commercial application, um, the world of marketing has been uh, where I found my home. Uh, I started my work in customer satisfaction and loyalty research. Uh, did that in for a good five or six years. I uh, had the opportunity to start a small firm, uh, uh, sell that firm, and uh, relocate my family to Portland, Maine. Um, I got into the experiential and event marketing world in 2005, uh, working for some uh, a brilliant agency, and then you know left that agency in 2009 to start Portland Marketing Analytics or Portma. And the last 10 years, we've been doing uh, the work of measuring experiential marketing ever since. So that's a little bit about about uh, who I am. It's about the things that motivate me and drive me. Um, it's about the things that I find interesting and fascinating. And uh, I certainly look forward to exploring those ideas and many others in this context. And I hope you'll stick with us. So thanks for listening. Thanks for, uh, for hanging in there. Um, if you're not a subscriber, I, I would love it if you went ahead and subscribed. Um, anywhere you find your podcast, you'll be able to find the stream of us, of us here. We hope you got some value out of this conversation, and we hope you'll come back for the next episode. Tune in next time as Chris Clegg continues demystifying data. Meantime, head over to demystifyingdata.co to learn more.